0: Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the Golf Podcast. It's episode 12, and we'll look back at the US Open from Torrey Pines. What an amazing tournament that was! What an amazing back nine on Sunday it gave us, and it gave us everything. We had a plugged lie in the bunker. We had a bull stuck up in a tree. We had a guy run on the course. We had bulls next to Stella Artois. We had feet slipping off the tee. But it also gave us our first ever Spanish winner of the US Open and his first major, well deserved major. It was Rambo John Ram who came out victorious. As well as a look back at the US Open, we'll be having 19th hole news and we'll look ahead to this week's tournaments, the Travellers. On the PGA Tour, up in Connecticut at TPC River Highlands. And on the European Tour, is the BMW International from Munich. But first, it's 19th hole news. 19th hole, and 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. As we said, John Rahm was successful and wins his first ever major US Open at Torrey Pines. On the Corn Ferry Tour, we had an English winner. It was six foot four inches tall. Harry Hall from Hale in Cornwall, who won the Wachita Open. Oh, Wachita, you will never know. So well done to Harry on that success. On the LPGA, it was another win for Nelly Corder, who won the Maya Classic in Michigan, beating Irish lady Leona Maguire by two shots on 25 under. And that is this week's 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole. It's the 19th hole. It's the 19th hole news.
1: It's the 19th hole news.
0: And now for a silly song, a song that's all about doing the right thing. It was highlighted during the US Open, the inability of players off the tee to shout a warning for, to the spectators, to stop them from getting hurt. One day, someone will get really hurt and these professionals have got to step up to the plate and take responsibility so here's a song all about that
1: anytime at all anytime at all anytime at all all you gotta do is call for beware if you think you've hit a hard hook Just let them hear your cries Shout in that word and they won't criticize You know it could really hurt them If it lands on their head Don't you go quiet, just shout for instead Anytime at all When you hook the ball Anytime at all All you gotta do is call Or beware If the round is getting away No chance of 69 At least the crowd are all fine When you think you may just hit them Don't you walk away Shouting a word will help keep them safe Anytime at all When you slice the fall, anytime at all, all you gotta do is call for beware. So all you gotta do is shout for, and everyone's safe. Anytime at all. When you hook the ball, any time at all, all you got to do is call for beware.
0: And that was 19th hole news. And now, as usual, we introduce the other part, the other half of Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. It's the man whose eyebrows look like driftwood in an ocean of forehead. It's my brother. Hello, matey. (laughs) Hello. How are you? Yeah, good mate. That was good. A, uh, unbelievable week, wasn't it? Last week. Oh well, I will tell you what,
2: I'm still, uh, I'm still tingling from the excitement of Sunday. It was, um, it was just a brilliant tournament, as the U.S. Open should be. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly excited, and we we got an opportunity to uh, to sit and watch the final round together, which was brilliant. We
0: did, we did, and it's you know it was it was nice. It was an amazing. West Coast obviously made it a very long evening and we were both a bit (laughs) knackered in the morning. Yeah. You know, going into back nine, we had a lot to play for. And then there was capitulation after capitulation after capitulation. We had everything, didn't we? We had a streaker. Everyone's calling him a streaker, but he had clothes on. Um, yeah. So we we just had a course invader on the thirteenth in front of um, Bryson and Sheffield. What
2: a great swing he had, though.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. Um, I think other people. I think people were looking for the other swing. <laughs> I don't know. Put the some of the
2: pros to pop. shame with that swing. I tell you,
0: <laughs> it was. You know, it was loose as a goose, wasn't it? Everybody yeah, it should wear right. a cape. <laughs> <laughs> <But> it was. <laughs> do you know what? The back nine. It was. It, it was just crazy. And a lot of criticism. Um, Came from people and other um, pundits, podcasters, etc., about Tari Pines. They didn't want it there. But do you know what? Yeah, okay. It's a pretty straightforward course, but it needs to be played well, as we saw. You know, there was a lot of things that could go wrong for a lot of people. Plug lies. Um, and we'll get on to other bits and pieces during the tournament. But well done, Ram. Hey, eh? what a fantastic performance.
2: It was, and you know, we said right at the start of last week's podcast that, um, when I, I guess when I was summarizing up, is that Rahm's the man, uh, didn't want to play him because he was too short, but you know, that I'm really happy that I got him at 11s and 8s during the final round. Not happy that I missed the, the momentarily 33 oh, yeah. to 1 that was on offer when the, everybody thought he'd gone OB, uh, OB on the, on the ninth, but yeah, you know. Ram was was there for everybody to see. You know those that stuck with him. Well done. You got the nine to one, ten to one, whatever it was. But he was so obvious for last week. You know the stars were aligned. He said it at the end. He loves Torrey Pines. He grew up in that area. Called it his happy place. And it's brilliant, brilliant to see him win. Uh, you know those two incredible birdies at seventeen and eighteen. Absolutely amazing.
0: Absolutely. yeah and you have to you know there's a lot of things that went right he, yeah, he loves Torrey Pines I think he proposed to his wife um at Torrey Pines didn't he yeah um, and he loves the course loves the place loves the area feels comfortable in San Diego loves the city and yeah it, it couldn't be happy for the guy after the memorial after what happened and the way he reacted and handled himself um very professionally very maturely you know and I think Having this child has certainly matured him very quickly. You know, I still want to see that ROM buzz, that ROM fight, that Ram raw aggression, the raw ROM aggression that we saw on the 17th and 18th when he sunk those phenomenal putts. And yeah. I say phenomenal because when mum listens back to this, she loves the fact that we <laughs> say phenomenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. A lot of people are using it, you know, bro. Well, do you know what? It's a word and we've got to use it. Otherwise, it will just go out of fashion and it'll disappear. exactly it's it's a phenomenal word word. it's great for
2: John Rahm brilliant for him do you know what I um I think if you listen back to last week's podcast you know I I came out with you know when we talk around and we say what are the characteristics for this week's competition for the course and I, I called out a few and I said driving accuracy driving distance rough proximity and scrambling now rough proximity and scrambling came out in abundance with the top finishers last year, uh, last week rather. And, you know, you, you said obviously Tory Pines, not seen as that great course, but, you know, six under, won it? We, we said it, you know, it would be single digits under par, it was. But that is the, the, the mark of the course. It was tough. If you got out of position at Tory mm. Pines... You know, the rough wasn't as thick as we all thought it would be. It was, you know, very trampled down. Maybe they didn't water it as much as what was being reported. But certainly rough proximity and scrambling played right up there with some of these stats. And and I'm going to just give you a, a couple of pointers as we look back at the US Open. And let's just focus quickly on Rahm. So Rahm finished 13th, strokes gained off the tee. Tied twenty eighth, driving accuracy. Tied twelfth, driving distance. Rough proximity. Tied six, scrambling. Tied sixth. Now, when you look at scrambling, so so he was there or thereabouts, you know, and, and he played that game to those criteria, the statistics that you know we, we'd reported last week. But scrambling in particular, I wanted to just call out a few others. Cantley finished tied fifteenth for the tournament. He was first in scrambling. Justin Thomas tied 19th for the tournament, second in scrambling. Berger tied seventh tournament, third scrambling. miliozzi tied fourth tournament, fourth in scrambling. English third in the tournament, tied seventh scrambling. So scrambling really played a key part last week in deciding the winner of this competition. And then when you look at rough proximity... We had Oosthausen was second. He was first in that stat. Kepka finished tied fourth. He was tied fourth in that stat. So I think that really emphasises how important it is to look at statistics for the characteristics of that course. So just a few stat points from me there, really, to kind of emphasise that.
0: That is great. Now, you say rough proximity. What about South African stupidity? You know, what the hell was he oh, doing? Crikey. What the hell? He had every... every all the right hand side, he could have easily made a par. He makes a par on that hole and he goes to the par five and birdies it. Yeah, play right. What
2: I mean, no, nobody the knew at the time, did they? I, mean, I know he...
0: it's pressure. Come on, I know it's pressure. he's got a he's won a he's won a he's won a major, right? Okay, he's won a major, but there was talk before that, you know, about second after second, you know, six
2: six second finishes in majors now. He's but just becoming go right. the, the new lefty.
0: Yeah, the new lefty. He didn't go righty, and you know he's he's a great, he's a good player, and he's turning up this week. And you know that's a conversation we'll have when we get to um, talk about the BMW International about players that are coming over because it's quite a good field, not only this week on the European Tour, but also next week in the Duty Free Irish Open. But do you know what? I, I talked about Rom, and I did mention on the podcast like we said nine is too short, but if you really fancy Rom then surely the 100 to 30 to be top European is a yeah. price that you should go after. And, you know, we had a bit of that, which is, which is fine. And it was, it was nice to be on that. We loved it, but nine to one in a, in a us open, at a course that was, you know, going to be tough. It was always going to be tough. It just, I couldn't hit it. You couldn't hit it. Pretty much like Hovland for me this week at seven to one, you know, he's, he's playing with one eye. I know Sergio puts with no eyes, but you know, Hovland (laughs) perhaps, perhaps playing with one eye and the beat, you know, he's there because it's his, his home country tournaments, you know, um, but we'll see how he gets on. I'm looking forward to previewing that later. As Do far as you, bro, just just well, before
2: we move off Ram, though, I, I think again it's this whole point. You know, we couldn't take the nine to one early, but we got eleven to one and eight to one in play final round. I mean, it's odd, isn't it? That was just yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, you know, he was only he was only what was he four shots off the lead at worst at any one stage during that final round and he was trading at prices that you could get at the start of the tournament i, just, I don't get it so maybe the odds makers and you know that they got it wrong um but i don't know i mean it, that was a snip for me i you know we made some money on the weekend getting that but yeah it's uh, an interesting point i think to close out on the round factor
0: yeah, you know, and, and hats off to him. And we put a bit of stuff on social media, on TikTok and Twitter, you know, a little dance he, he's doing. I don't know if that was post US Open win. I don't think it was. I think it was pre US Open. But the guy can move. He's got some hip movements, has he, that fellow? He's got those Spanish, the Spanish hips. The hips don't lie. Who we love that? him more. We love him more. It's, no, we yeah. do. No, but let's Bryson, say.
2: Bryson, Craig.
0: Bryson. Oh, don't, Graham.
2: Seriously. Don't dropping eight shots between the 11th and the 17th including a double bogey at the par 3 at the par 5 13th and a quad oh. at the 17th.
0: I love I mean, the guy. And what was he? Was he 6 to 4 at one point um to win the open before the back nine started?
2: I think he it, was I don't th- yeah, he was. Yeah, 6 to 4, 13 to 8. Yeah,
0: he was oh trading God. at
1: Yeah.
0: And then he just I think you know, I didn't think he said he wasn't striking the ball. What he said he's he said he struck the ball worse and one tournaments before, and he says he's not really bothered. He's won a U.S. Open before, and that's probably an attitude of a young lad that needs to mature a bit more. Um, perhaps he needs a child like Ram. I don't know, and he needs yeah. to mature. But for me, you know, he had a, he had quite a few issues with the slipping of his feet. And when you're going to try and hit the ball that hard, and your feet are never going to, you know, if his feet were planting as as hard as he's hitting the ball, he's going to break his knee you know his knee joint's going to come out of place so that the foot has to move but on that 13th tee and a lot of golfers had the same problem it was a new tee um, tee box and um, new laid turf and it hadn't obviously bedded in very well and it was quite slippy but I just didn't feel his it, confidence went and when a man like Bryson loses his confidence off the tee game over because if you hit it in the wrong place as you said before at Torrey Pines you're out of position you're out of the tournament
2: no, and, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. What a weekend, though. I mean, you know, the, can, I'll just give you a few more notables of, thing, you know, points that I'd made in round three and round four particularly, because that's really when the tournament gets started. Let's, let's be clear about that. But Brian Harmon, I don't know if you saw it, a four four put from inside five feet at the par four six in the third round. Four yeah. putting from five feet when you're in that. contention in a major. That mm-hmm. is criminal. Um, Justin Thomas, he played a absolute brilliant shot at the his third shot at the eighth hole in round three. He had a really awkward stance. He was up on the bank. He nearly lost his balance, but he used the the slope at the back of the green to bring the ball back down to the hole. Now it was just an amazing shot, and you know the vision that some of these players have got. Henley chipping in for birdie at the difficult par three eleventh. Um one negative for me, uh, and when we see this, don't we, with the crowds in America, Bland, Richard Bland, you know, well in contention. I think he'd start in dropping sh- started dropping shots in the third round, but there was a shout out from what I can only describe as a, a disrespectful member of the crowd that Bland is vanilla. I mean, seriously, when you're on the downslide, you don't need stuff like that. Um, Mackenzie Hughes in the tree after bouncing off the cart path not once but twice, par three <laughs> 11th. When you know yeah. that's a head mess, isn't it? Come on, um, you know. And you've mentioned obviously Louis out of bounds on the 17th, which is just criminal. So, just a few other call outs for me, but what, what, a, what a tournament!
0: No, it was great, and there was a big, massive talking point. I think we should just have a a, qu- a quick discussion about it. And the inability of not just Bryson, he was singled out a lot, a lot on Sunday. And he's, he's always singled out. I think he's an easy target for people because he's the character that puts himself out there. And I love him, as you know, so I would defend him. But I couldn't defend this, or nor could I defend Rory did it, Matthew Wolf did it. Not shouting for when the ball is plummeting towards the spectators.
2: It's becoming a disease in the game of golf. Now there's it's been a call good.
0: for there's been calls you know on the other podcast Sky Sports podcast with Josh Antman, um, Antman, perhaps you know one stroke penalty, um, and then Mark Rowe came in and said at least at least I I threatened jail you know she's threatening them with jail because potentially <laughs> you could kill somebody you know there was that time yep. when people did shout for um, at the Ryder Cup and a lady got hit in the head and she was suing for partial blindness and what have you. So there is, you know, you can still shout for, and someone get hit. And it's not just down, in my opinion, Um, you might disagree. It's not just down to the golfer, right? The golfer should shout for. There's also his caddy. There's also the other players that he's playing with. There's also the other caddies that he's there with. There's also the marshals that are flagging where that ball's going behind them. Now, if, they, if they're flagging to one side, and saying it's going to the right, they should also be shouting for, as should the course official that's going round with the um, with the group, and the guys behind the tee with the markers and and flag, there are a lot of people on that tee box that could shout for. So yes, it's up to the players to shout for when their ball is heading off in a random direction to alert people. But there are so many people that could shout for on there. So it's down to everyone to change the attitude right? Bryson did hit it once, just bent down and walked off and didn't shout, didn't even look where it was going. Um, which is which is poor and I think something needs to be done about it quickly before I, someone gets hurt. I would not disagree. I think you've got to look back. It's part of the embedded
2: historic etiquette of the game and because these guys are big stars, it, it should not stop them from doing the standard things that need to be done and it is about you know, spectator safety, but also, as I say, etiquette of the game and adhering to the rules of the game. Mm. And and for me, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Something has to be done with the game. It's a bit like when you draw a parallel to football, VAR, we all have emotive discussions around that and stuff. But if you don't take a stance in a sport, you'll never change the, you know, the, the position that we're in right now and it will just become accepted but my, my big issue is that I think a lot of these have got, you know, the, the, we talk about golfers every week and some of them have got very big egos, but that should not stop them from doing what they should be doing. And, and we do, I, I think a one-shot penalty every time they don't do it would really start to change the behaviours.
0: No, I totally agree. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes out of it. Um, luckily enough, no one got hurt. So, you know, it's... Um... It's something they need to change quickly. So I think that for me that wraps up uh, the U.S. Open twenty twenty. Absolutely review does review for you and loved it as you did. Um, U.S. Open next year. Can we remember where it's going to? Is it Brookline? Yeah, yes. I think it's Brook- yeah, I think it's Brookline in. Um, it? So we'll have an East Coast U.S. Open. No late nights, happy days, and we look forward to that. So let's swiftly. Move on, and we're going to head across to Europe. Like we said, there are other people heading from the US Open to the European Tour this week, and we head to Munich for the BMW International. What have you got to say about this?
2: Yeah, interesting. This, um, so it's been played in Munich this year, but it hasn't always been played at the same course, they tend to alternate between Munich and Cologne. So, the course in Cologne was played in 2018, 16. Um, but th- yeah, this I don't think they played it in 20 because of the Germany COVID restrictions, but certainly in 19 it was at this course. Um, as you said, there are players coming over from the US Open that I think there are 10. In total, that are coming over from the U.S. Open to play this, so mm. um, I, I haven't got the full list of the ten, but you know, certainly, are they going to be suffering from U.S. Open fatigue and, han- and hangover? You know, we don't know, we'll see, but certainly, we know that Hovland, whilst he didn't play the whole tournament, is one of them. Who's thousand finished seconds? The other Garcia is one of the others. So they're the three high-profile names. But here at Munich, we have a par seventy-two which is roughly around about 7300 yards with obviously your, your, your different markers being moved etc it's a trad- traditional 72 with the uh, four par fives and four par threes uh we what we also know about this course is that there was a green renovation in 2019 so that relayed bent grass greens uh but it's it's going to be an interesting setup and I I'd spent a bit of time last night looking at the various, you know, who's played well here and stuff. And there was no consistency around that. You know, obviously, I think because you've got the rotation as well, you know, if you look at Munich, it was that it was played here in 19, it was played in 17, it was played in 15. So you've got that kind of that gap every other year. So that's why it doesn't give you that consistency of, you know, who are the players that are good for this course? We have a little bit, but not a lot. But we've got two short par fours. Uh, that are reachable on this course and four mid-range-ish par fives. So I think, you know, we're looking... At one of the things I looked at as well, I said to you previously, I'm not a big weather watcher, but so there's some um, possible uh, signs of thunderstorms throughout this tournament this week, which could see some delays, but I think we're going to have softer conditions than maybe what they normally might have here. But mm-hmm. with that, we're and, you know, the again 7300 yards but with reachable par 5s and two short par 4s we're probably looking somewhere between minus 15 to minus 20 as the, as the winning score here this week but i just i didn't find that there was any specific type of player or style that was suited to this course so that's a few things about what i had about the course anything you can sort of lay on top of that
0: no you- In 2019, they renewed uh, the greens, you know, the bent grass, and they put new bent grass in. And according to reports, they've really settled in. Um, It took a while to settle in. So there should be true running bent grass greens this week. Yeah, and low scoring has been a case, and it's going to be a bit damp. So it's going to be very, the greens are going to be very receptacle. So I think you'll find a lot of players. So I'm looking at players, you look at stats. I'm looking at players that are great with the wedges in the hands, you know, your Garcia's, etc., and what have you, um, they can fire, they can be aggressive. So I'm looking at those aggressive guys with the, the, the pitching wedges in the hands or the short irons, but also guys that put well on, on bent grass greens. And there are players that love playing this tournament. You were talking about, um, players that played well, you know, Stenson, the Rathabel, uh, two to say Stenson's not here. I believe the is, is it's yeah. The is it. And, You know, the players that are coming over, you mentioned Garcia, Keimer, Hovland, obviously had to pull out early because of his eye. got sand in his eye. Louis Ustazen is here, you know, after that, that crazy, crazy week for him. You know, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, but he loves playing this. And I believe it's something to do with the BMW sponsor that he's here. And there are some exciting names playing here this week. There is one, you know, it's been a great story this year and his resurgence qualifying for the Champions Tour and going on to win top tournaments in the Champions Tour is Alex Checker. Mm. You know, he's he's coming back over and he's playing in this tournament this week. So it's going to be great to see him playing. Um, oh, he's German. He's German. So, he, yeah, he is. He is. And, you know, there'll be other players I'll talk about a little bit later on. But yeah, the, you've said it, you know, it's going to be relatively low scoring. They can attack it. Sergio plays here regularly. Um, there are four mid-par fives, short par fours, etc. So yeah, you're right. It's going to be a, a low-scoring event. Uh, the wind is not going to really play a part. They're saying around about five to ten miles per hour, fluctuating through the through the four days. Do you know? I like it. I like this course, and it's um, like you said, it's been played in the international open on the European tour quite a few times now. Players will know it; they know it well. And the players that play it well should be playing it well again this week. But I don't think it actually takes a lot of reading i think um there was one um, i think sam horsfield said in the in the press was talking about that he feels that he can really attack the golf golf course this week he feels that it sets up for his eye so yeah i'm looking forward to it so let's that's the course um let's get on to the picks straight away because we've got a lot to get through with the travellers as well over in the pga tour so why don't you go first and talk us through your picks why you've gone for them and the prices etc
2: Right, so my first pick this week is Bernd Wiesberger. I think, you know, with Bernd, let's look at a couple of things with Bernd. You know, he has won this year. So he is in a bit of form, right? His official world golf ranking now stands at uh, 54th. So, you know, he's climbed himself back up there. Um, Interestingly enough, he missed the cut, at the PGA Kiowa Island before going on to win in Denmark at the Himalayan. He missed the cut last week at Torrey Pines. So is there a theme with Bern Wiesberger? And he's an aggressive player. We know he is. We, Whilst we're expecting, you know, minus 15 to minus 20, somewhere in that range, low scoring, winning events. I mean, obviously, we don't know how that's going to play out. We can only go on what we've seen previously, but he's someone that can go low. He's also, in my opinion, he's not made the Ryder Cup yet. And I think he's someone having had a win this year, no, he's playing well. He's going to be looking to get into that Ryder Cup. And I think he needs another win to get in to that Ryder Cup reckoning. And you know, whether that happens or not. So there's a couple of factors there. Um, Ryder Cup positioning had a win this year already. He's had six starts here and he's not missed a cut. Uh, he finished tied 6th in two thousand nineteen, and he finished tied twentieth in two thousand seventeen. Probably not when he was playing at the top of his game. Mm. And also, you know, I've I've looked at Strokes game T to Green this week as as a, an all round kind of encapsulating factor from a stat point of view, and he's tenth in that ranking. And I just think at twenty five to one, I think he's probably a little bit big.
0: Can um, I give you another reason why this might be a good week for him? Ryder Cup start. Go on because he's playing alongside Padra Harrington. <laughs> so for the first Impressing two rounds, the, boss. the first two rounds, he'll be with the skipper and he'll also be with Louis Ustazen. So that's a good three ball that um, mm-hmm. starting uh, off the first tee at one o'clock tomorrow. I love it when you come
2: in with the three ball lineups and stuff, because I, I don't look at that kind of stuff, which is what makes us really work. You know, it's like the angles I don't look at it from you do. And I think, you know, that's brilliant. So
0: yeah, I, I hadn't appreciated that, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm even liking he's, the
2: 25 to one more.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, he's you know there might be a bit of pressure there because he's with the skipper. But if he really turns it on and the skipper sees him attacking these pins, then hello, that'll stick in Podrick's mind, won't it?
2: That's what a trial's
0: all about, isn't it? Come on, exactly. I mean, you know, he's exactly. kind of, yeah, it's an interview. It's an interview for the Ryder Cup. No, it'll exactly. He'll be in his best um, suit and tie. And chat no he won't, but yeah. Yeah, no, well, but, good uh, one. That's just a nice one. Nice that week.
2: Craig outside of Hovland, Garcia, and Oosthausen, he's the next highest ranked player in the field. So
0: okay. I,
2: I just think twenty-five to one, I think, is a is a is a good play. And yeah. um I'll, I'll be figuring out what my staking plan is around that one. But tw- yeah, twenty five to one, uh five places actually with uh, three six five. Okay,
0: interesting.
2: How about your first?
0: My first one, it's do you know what? I'm going to stick with the Austrian um, theme mm-hmm. that you've gone with. And I'm going for Schwab. I'm going for Matthias Schwab. And for me, now he's a great player. And he, he, I don't think he's won yet, has he? Am I right in saying that? And I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a long week already and it's only Wednesday. But he's 35-1, to 1, right? And he's got, you know, 2019... He played well. He's tied third here, 2019. And he doesn't have many bogeys on his card. So on the bogey-free stats, he's, 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 he's very good. And for me this week, there'll be a lot of birdies out there, like you've discussed as in the scoring for the, the whole tournament. But it'll be about keeping those bogeys off the card. So I'm looking for a player that will go around and shoots, you know, He'd just have four or five bo- bogeys on his card for the week. That's what a winner around here is going to need. That's what's happened in the past, keeping those bad scores off your card. And he's very good at keeping those bad scores off your card. So with bit of course form, he is in a bit of form, 35 to one, bit of value. Like it.
2: Like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point this guy has got to break through. I don't think he has one
0: no his it, quality I, he's I, I don't a, yeah. think he has one
2: though well, we've been on him a couple of times this year and, and he's disappointed uh but yeah at 33 to 1 i, I think you know he's someone that should be playing high up the leaderboard it all depends whether he can put it all together I, I think he's just got to get that monkey off his back hasn't he
0: and his three ball um his three ball he was starting off the 10th hole Early start for him, 10 past eight in the morning. And he's teeing up alongside Alex Checker and Rasmus Hoygaard. So Rasmus Hoygaard, very attacking player. I think yeah. that will, you know, Checker's going to go, what the hell's going on here? I play at the Champions Tour. and with two bombers who <laughs> are like 30 yards in front of me. I'll still beat bin.
2: him. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what he's <laughs> he thinking. Probably, he a... probably will, yeah. Probably yeah will. R- Rasmus Hoygaard was definitely on my short list, but uh, he's, he's not in my team this week. But, yeah. yeah. So I like Sharp. That's right. Okay, yeah, go him, for your second him. then. Right, okay. Here's my second one. So, um, again, not ranked in terms of uh, betting prices, but I'm, I'm going with the American, Chris Catlin, this week. Uh, John Catlin, sorry. Chris Catlin's a jockey, isn't he? Um, Or was. But yeah, I, Catlin, the American, he went mm-hmm. low in Tenerife, finished fifth. Um, He is a serial winner. He's won many times. Official Golf World Ranking 81st. He won in Austria this year. So he won in Austria,
0: finished fifth in Tenerife. That's Tenerife. quite a low ranking for a player that's won quite a few tournaments of late, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I mean, obviously, So he over, either over wins time. or he has a shocker. Is yeah, that what we're but, doing?
2: Well, maybe, maybe. But, you know, if you look at... I, I don't know, if you look back at over his last 10, 20 tournaments and stuff, there's probably a few wins in there. So he's probably propelled himself from, you know sort of mid range hundreds up into the top 100 in the world. So it's progression for him. I think over the last couple of years, for sure. Um The one negative is I don't think he really has great form here from what I've seen and, and look back on, but with, you know, Tenerife was a low scoring event. As we talked about previously, we covered that tournament. Um So he's shown he can do it. He did finish fifth there. He won in Austria. He is 11th in driving accuracy and he is ranked 13th in strokes gained T to green. And I think it's 70 to one. He's probably a little bit overpriced. And, you know, I'm probably thinking more in in each way. Win would be great. It's, It's a good field here, so he would have to, you know, excel. But he's done it. He's done it already. You know, he won at Austria, which was a decent field. Was close at Tenerife, so I think there are factors there for Catlin that, for me, give give a plus tick. And at seventy to one, I'm on him.
0: Well, he's like I just said. I just looked at him now on on the computer, and he's seventy fourth in Kenya, missed the cut, first at Austria, fifty second at um, the Lopetegne Open, the first one in the, the Canaries, and then fifth in the Tenerife, and then Mr cut. Terribly in the PGA, which he can't blame him for, really. But so he's a very he either plays well, he's a well, yo yo golfer, either plays well, or he has an absolute shocker. But he does like tough well. conditions, so if there's, yeah. you know, stormy conditions, wet and what he loves playing golf in a rain suit, that's for sure. 70 to one, good price. That is, and he's he's going out at 7.50 in the morning off the 10th tee with recent winner Jonathan Caldwell and super oh, potential superstar in and Ryder Cup player Antoine Rosner. So um, mm. not a bad little three ball. Um, not exciting enough for me, but there you go. Well, that's a good one. So my second, I'm going for a man I always go, well, I don't always go for, but I had to this week and this is the reason I'm going for him. He averages five point three nine birdies per round. And I was saying before, you need to score a lot of birdies. If he can keep the bogeys off his cards and he's average he hits his average, then he's looking at around about twenty under. Right? And we birdie machine. He is. And it's Sam Horsfield. Yeah. And I still you know, you look at Sam and he is a talent. He hasn't played that much golf this this year, to be honest with you. He no, he really hasn't in these which is which is fine he's keeping himself fresh but he needs to start turning four rounds in lately he's been you a know, good round of golf here there and everywhere but not put four great ones together for me you know he finished 15th in the Austrian Open then fourth in the Lopassan then 21st in the British Masters and, you know didn't have a great final round there he made the cut in the PGA finishing 49th even with an 80 and a 73 in the four rounds and then he played, he was 25th in the Scandinavian mixed, shot 64 in the first round. Really didn't see it through for the rest of the tournament. So he has played well this year. And I think this course will really suit him. And he'll target those pins, especially on a soft golf course. And I think for him, a 28 to one, I think that's a good price.
2: I think 28 is a good price. I, say, yeah, I thought that's where you were going when you were talking about the birdies. He is a birdie machine. You know, if you think about when we started out our journey at the Masters, a few tournaments in, I started, you know, giving some stats around players and how many birdies they'd had in each of the tournaments where they'd finished. And, you know, I've kind of gone back through the records and stuff. And, you know, he is a prolific birdie maker. There is no doubt about it. I think it's just that worry for us, and I thought it was a couple of weeks ago. You know, he, he made a, a quad at a par three when he was in contention at the um, at the Scandinavian Mixed, and you know, and that mm. was disappointing because that really did knock him back. But you know, he's trending well in all the stats. He's you know, he's ranked number one sand saves. He's ranked number four strokes gained total, ranked seventh tee to green, and ranked tenth GIR. You know, and that I think there's a lot you- to like. There's a lot to like about Sam Horsfield, the uh, the American speaking Englishman, but he is a birdie machine. <laughs> and I, I think at 28 to 1, I think it's it's worth a go on him, just as, the same way it is with Wiesberger. So, you know, we could have two big players this week.
0: He's in a good He's in a good three ball as well. He's with Thomas Peters and Daniel Van Tonda, the big hit in South African, um, going off uh, 10 past one off the first. I can't oh, believe it was 100
2: to 1, Van Tonder. Wow. That's
0: big, isn't it? Yeah, it's big. I did look at him uh, but, briefly. Anyway, but he is third? in and out. Yeah, in and
2: out. Right, okay. So, I, I really didn't want to do it. I really didn't. But I am going to do it. And I'm going to go with... David Sullivan. Howell. No, I'm going to go <laughs> David Howe, Nick, Nick Doherty. He's not playing, but I'll go with him. Yeah. Andy Sullivan. And, uh, you know,
0: oh, he, I know. I looked at myself, Gray. I looked at him because, you, know, you know, I got a picture of him on my wall and I looked at him and I thought,
2: <laughs> no. I bet you have.
0: He's got darts in it. No, I'm just, oh, you know, no. no,
2: Andy, you know, we, we, love we, we like Andy. We've, you know, we've talked him up a lot this year and stuff. Did you just Andy, call him Sir Andy? No, I didn't. I oh, didn't. right. He it didn't, probably get, he didn't get an right. honour. in the <laughs> <laughs> so, <no, he> has <laughs> yeah. But if he wins this week, he could be nominated I for reckon. a sir. Yeah. No, but he started the season, um, world rankings-wise, 58th. And he slipped to 80th. So he's gone in the wrong direction for, I think, what he wants to achieve in the game. And he probably knows that himself. But he can be a birdie machine. He, we know he's, a, he's a, a confident player. I think, you know, he obviously... Missed the cut by one at Kiwa Island. He didn't have the, the opportunity to play last week because he didn't get inside the top 10, you know, for those special places to the US Open. I think he would have been smarting over that. Um, but he will want to bounce back. And I think, you know, this is a course he could do well at. And I, I'm going to validate that comment, right? 2015, Andy Sullivan didn't play here, not played. 2017, he finished 51st. Now stick with me here because I'm a numbers man, and and I want you to work this out. He finished 51st on a score of plus one for the tournament. In 2019, he finished 26th on a score of minus seven. 51 minus 26 is 25. 25 away from 26 is one first place. It's all in the numbers. 25-place oh improvements. Now, listen, that's Hello? Not... Has
0: anyone replaced my brother with Mystic <laughs> Meg? Someone that's... get Mystic Meg off this line! <laughs> that is not my
2: strategy for picking players. Oh i have qualified, God. I think, why I want to pick Andy Sullivan, but I just thought I'd back it up by a Mystic Meg-style numbers game.
0: Backed it up so... by a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So a fifty-five to one, Andy Sullivan is in the frame for me this week, and I hope he plays well.
0: Okay, well I hope he plays well, and I like him a lot. And uh, yeah, I think he, um, I think he can go close. And I'm glad you picked him and not me. Um, right, my third one is a Swedish fire, Swedish guy, Alexander Bork, Bjork, Bjork, Bjork. Oh, yeah, one of those anyway. Not you know, a singer. He's, he's come alive of late. You know, he was struggling. He was in the doldrums. He was in the doldrums a little bit. And he's come back, you know, six in Himmeland. He was seventh in the mixed. So the form is there. His game is trending in the right way. He's averaging only two bogeys per round, which I said to you before, I want a golfer that's keeping those bogeys off his card. And I think he's massive. For someone that's finished in the top 10 in the Himmeland and the mixed of late, and is. His stats go all in the right direction. All right, he could hit the he could drive the ball a little straighter, if I'm completely honest. Now I did look at that stat and I thought, well, it's not he can get out this course. I think, you know, he can get it, but he can get the ball down there. I don't think the rough is gonna be that penal. Um, I think the players are hoping the rough's gonna not gonna be that penal after the US Open. So yeah. Um, Bjork for me at sixty to one. Not much else to say about him, to be honest with you, other than his game's trending in the right direction. He's got form of late and he's got that bogey stat that I like. And sixty to one, good price.
2: Yeah, I uh yeah, again, I like it. At sixty to one, did you say? I think well, yes, yeah,
0: sir. he's yeah. Yeah,
2: I yeah, I mean you know, he is trending. He he has had a good couple of good tournaments uh recently and no reason why not i think yeah so we've got six players there that you know we, we haven't gone for big prices this week there's none of your silly david drysdale 400 to one when you know he might be there at the end of round three and he's going to fall away in round four or whatever so we, we've gone i wouldn't say we've gone safe but I think, i've got you a know, fourth we've played one some, oh you've got a fourth one
0: haven't you? yeah i've gone four oh i've gone three i've gone four in both so right, okay. I'll give well, you my fourth hit me one. Hit with your fourth. Go on. And my fourth one, I'll I'll hit you with my rhythm stick. My fourth one is an interesting one, right? He's coming over from the US. He's not coming over from the PGA Tour. He's coming over from the Corn Ferry cool. Tour. Oh, mate. His Sweet name one. is Stefan Jaeger. Born in Munich, is actually a member of this golf club, the golf club Munchen. I can read. We all can read. But any yeah. um, Stefan Jager, born in Munich, six-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. Okay. Six-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. He is so good at Teeter green. His stats on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he's fourth in the Corn Ferry Tour putting. All right. Loves finding the birdies. I think he's won two tournaments this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Or any he's going for his. I think if he gets his third in one season, it automatically gains entry to the PGA Tour if I'm right. So if they win three on the Corn Ferry Tour, they get their card. So he's only got one tournament, which is why I'm actually surprised that he's coming over here. But when I looked into it and he's a member of this golf course and he's from Munich, I think he's he's 60 to one. I would have liked him to be in a bit better, to be honest with you. But he's up against you know the likes of Cameron Young on the Corn Ferry Tour, who's been winning tournaments. So that Corn Ferry Tour is by no means easy to win on. Right? But he's no, won six no. times. And two this year, so Stefan Jaeger likes the course. Obviously, he's a member here. Winner, prolific winner, good stats 60 to 1. Good call. I mean, oh, you know, you. I th-
2: it's something that's different out there, isn't it? It's interesting. You know, he's a you say he's a member of this course, and you know, we're going to start seeing players coming from the likes of the Corn Ferry and the support tours up onto the main tour. And so, cause that's, that's where your new blood comes from. It's that. Yeah. I think just confirm the price again. What is he? It's 60s. I don't know 60s, if that's changed. That's, well, no, I, it's, a bit, it's a bit short. Interesting that, isn't it? You get 60s for him, 60s for Bjork. and you know, I, I guess that can only be validated by the fact that he's performed very highly on the Corn Ferry, um, trending in the right direction. It hmm. you know, it's a big step up, isn't it? It's
0: He's playing with Justin Harden, and Callum Hill. And when I say he's a member of this course, I need to reiterate that he grew up playing golf on this course. This is where he learned how to play golf. So Got it. It should be in his head. He should know every blade of grass on this golf course. All he needs to bring with him is his game. So yeah. Okay. That's so that's the um that's the European Tour. That's the BMW International starts tomorrow. Thursday, there is meant to be a bit of rain, potential thunderstorms. There might be a few delays, um, but we tend to be used to that this time of year, especially with the PGA Tour. And um... bro, bro, stop, stop the train a minute. I, I just want, I want to come in with something. Do you know what? what? I what?
2: haven't got a fourth, a fourth single, but I what have got, at? I have got another selection. Uh, do you know what? Right Ryder Cup. We heard the song, didn't we? Tommy, 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 Molly, 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 all that. But we haven't got Tommy this week, but we have got two Mollys. Right. So I'm playing a little cheeky each way double with Eduardo and Francesco across <laughs> the two tournaments. Have have that.
1: Oh, my God. How 60 to 1,
2: know. Eduardo. Current season form spectacular. Tied 2, Porsche, Germany. Tied 35th, US Open. Tied 8th, British Masters. Why not? Third here mm. in 2019. 60 to 1, have it. Bang. Thank you very much, Francesco, Eduardo.
0: Oh, double. Have it. <laughs> I Love that bang Cinderella story, boy from nowhere. I think it's all <laughs> over. It is now, Right, right. Let's all right. Have you got any more to come? With? Have you got any more weird stats like, um, Sullivan had a bratwurst sausage for his breakfast? That's why you've gone for to win the, the, the tournament in Germany. Have you got it's any breaking more news? Makes... Yeah,
2: we heard that this morning, didn't we? No, no,
0: really? no, I have got nothing for you. I am done with okay. the BMW for now. Well, that is good to hear. So, enjoy that tournament and we'll swiftly go across to the pga tour for the travelers at tpc river highland in connecticut east coast better times for us thank god so we can actually watch the golf but also do you know what this this course is um is loved by the pros and it's loved by the pros not just because it's a nice course and it's gettable and they can make birdies but apparently, it's the best course that they get looked after really, really well. They get chauffeur-driven everywhere. They, they Even the caddies. Well, every, yeah, even the caddies. They get well looked after. The caddies love this place. The players love this place. And they can make a lot of birdies. So have you got anything on this Pete Dye design for us?
2: Beat the eye design, circa 6,900 yards, relatively short for mm. tour standards. It's a par 70. I've got that right this week. It's a 35 front and a 35 back. Um, tight, tree lined, very green, a lot of greenery around. And yeah, th- there's just a few uh, characteristics of, of the course. It's a classic test this week if you compare it to something like Tory Pines. And we've seen. Different types of winners winning. We've seen bombers win. We've seen um, strategic work your way around the course type players win here. So it's really difficult to actually try and kind of, um, you know, eke out those golfers because it, it's a range of wins over the years and stuff. But as you've already referred to, it's a peak die design similar to like Sawgrass and Harbour Town. You know, again, we've got bent grass with Poana Greens this week. But we are, I think, on this course, looking for precision and accuracy over brute force, even though we've seen the likes of DJ and Bubba win here. Um, But last year was a class field because I think it was one of the first that actually was played on the tour post the COVID malarkey and everything around restrictions. Um, But yeah, precision and accuracy is what I'm looking for on a relatively short Tight, tree-lined course. Anything from yourself?
0: No, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head with everything. You know, it it ranked 32nd out of 41 on difficulty, so it's not the most difficult of courses um, out there. But when it is difficult is when the wind's blowing. And there is forecast um, Saturday, Sunday, 20 to 25 mile per hour gusts. Now, when the wind did blow here um, last time, um, the scoring was a lot lower and you're looking at about 11 shots difference over the over the four days so mm-hmm. and you know because it is tree-lined and you you know sort of guessing what club to use and it's it becomes a lot more difficult golf course and as you said 90 percent poana 10 percent bent grass um yeah i i'm with you i'm with you on you know there's a bit of stuff in there for accuracy but you know i I haven't gone down that route. I've gone down the route of guys that have played the course well here in the past. It suits their eye. Um, And then a couple of guys who I think are trending in the right direction. And, you know, one particular qualified on Monday. So um, we can talk about that. It's nice. And the reason it's a good field is is exactly how, how I put it before. You know, golfers get looked after here. So players like to come here. So the fact that we're seeing Bryson and, and Dustin and all the guys, it, you know, it's it's nice to see. Um yeah. we could get the Bryson and Brooks pairing that we were we were we were after for the US Open. But um before we'll... long
2: it's gonna get a bit boring, isn't it? Come on. You know, everybody wants them to play together and
0: I mean at some point it's gonna happen. It has to happen.
1: Um... Well, they,
0: they, they they're a bit they bit um <sighs> They chickened away from it at the USGA, didn't they? And it turns out Brad Faxon was completely lying about um, saying the USGA asked Bryson if he wants to play with Brooks. And Brad Faxon actually admitted to that on television. And he said, oh, it was good to stare it up a bit. Well, just shut up, Brad. Just just teach Rory how to put. Continue teaching Rory how to put and get on with it. Leave the rest of it to other people. Um, so said. Yeah, enough said. Enough said. That's it. Hammer <laughs> what's down. What stats you looking at this week? What what's what's in your firing line? Do you know what I'm looking at? This yeah, Tita Teeter Green, obviously. Do you know what I've gone away from um, the shots gained a little bit? I'm sorry because you know you looked the other day and there was a golfer who was just off the fairway in the first cut, and there was a, a, a meter away was the golfer on the fairway, and all of a sudden that shots gained changes completely just because of those two things and they both had pretty much identical lies there wasn't you know it wasn't much in it at all yeah. so I've gone for a little bit of accuracy um, a, a lot about the putting um, yeah I, me too. I think I think you need a good putter around here also guys that like Poana but also guys that this course suits the eye of so not really heavy on the stats this week for me I'm sort of going for guys that I think will just go well around here and have got a bit of form going in so do you want me to go first
2: yeah, I can do. Just to add to that though, putting and driving accuracy. Yeah, I mean I've I've looked at par par 4 performance this week because of obviously the, you know, the past 70 that there probably is a premium on that. Um, you know, the short par fours can be overpowered or they, you know, they could be plotted with accuracy. So I think putting accuracy par four and the, the additional one I did look at was approach the green strokes gained approaching the green. I think that goes hand in hand with driving accuracy as well for me. But so they, they were my stat angles. But like you, I have also tried to look at a little bit of course form. Um, And and who's trending well in the stats in some of these areas. But yeah, let's go first with you then this week, your first pick.
0: Okay, first pick is an obvious one for me and I love the guy and I don't think it would have um, got into his head too much that capitulation on the back nine on Sunday um, has played well around here, seems to like it around here, has got that mentality that you know he will come out and he'll play his game. You know, he was Tied 28th in 2017 here. 2018, it was tied 9th. 2019, tied 8th. And last year, tied 6th. You know, so obviously loves this course. And, yeah, like I said, he's got the attitude and the mentality that he'll just storm back and shrug last week off. Um, price and Deshambo 18 yeah. to 1. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought do you know what? Priced. 18 to 1 is a big price.
2: I 18 to 1. You can is get twenty price? on Brooks. It's yeah. I mean that they're, they're there or thereabouts, aren't they? I mean, who, I think who's it's a good price? Eighteen to one.
0: Right. Okay. I, I thought he was joint favourite with DJ at fourteen, but uh, maybe not. Well, they might have changed. Sad, whether people have pulled out or whatever. But when I looked um, this morning, early morning, it was eighteen to one. But you know, he is what he is. He, he will go out and he'll probably make a few bogeys, but he'll make a hell of a lot of birdies round here. Has has been shown in rounds that he scored have you know, 65 64 63 you know he's he's shot low around here and i think he'll go low again
2: okay good call good call
0: now i was so my foot let's dip over to my first
2: one so i, I was maybe going to do a, a straight match off and you know match your Bryson with my kepka and i've made a last minute change to my squad and i'm di- I'm, I'm moving away from kep i'm not playing him this week I thought at twenty to one maybe it was a little bit big, but I look at this, the course characteristics is you know together with the factor of uh, he is a big a big tournament big course player. I think he'll be up for the tournament. Why not? Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing, would you? But I think yeah, I, I like the twenty to one, but I've just I've changed my mind later. I've I've switched. I've switched out. So I'll let you play, Bryson and I'll stick away from Kepka but my first golfer this week I'm going to pick is Abraham Anser. Um I uh, I like I like the guy. I think he's a bit of a head mess. Um but you know if you look at he played tied eighth here in 2019, tied 11th 2020. He's 28 to 1. Uh he's ranked fourth bogey avoidance. I, I think he you know he, he's got all of the right attributes to succeed in this game. Of course he has. He's high up in the world rankings. And he's at some point he's gotta he's gotta get over that winner's line. And maybe at 28 to 1 for what he's doing in the game, without the win, you know, it's kinda he, he's a little bit low. Um but he is trending in the right direction, a lot of stats. Driving accuracy ranked six. Greens and regulation ranked eleven. Uh and at some point he's got to come good, and I'm taking a point on his coming good this week at twenty eight to one. Answer for me.
0: Yeah, well, no, I like it, and he's, he's teeing off with Streelman and Tom Lewis. Streelman, another golfer that goes well around here, and is um, is fancy to do so again. Mm. Yep. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, sorry, just go back to him. He's teeing off with Stuart Sink and Patrick Reed, so quite a good three ball that one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like answer. I did look at him. Um, you know, off the tee, he's he's phenomenally straight. I, you know, I'd like to see him sink a lot more putts. Obviously he missed the cut last week, which was disappointing for me. He was one of my picks and I was going really well in the um DraftKings until um he decided to miss the cut. But yeah, I do like it. I see how you I see why you picked him and what was the price again? Uh you can get twenty eight to
2: one on Abraham and uh yeah twenty eight to one.
0: Okay. Decent decent. Again fifth of the odds first five uh, it is fifty odds quarter quarter of the odds first five with of the three odds first five. Five. okay yeah. nice one okay my second one is um, Paul Casey goes mm. straight in with the Englishman um, eighteen to one also his game is trending in a really really positive way great finish last week at the U.S. Open really sort of out of nowhere crept onto that leaderboard mainly because capitulation of others around him but here. He's had three top fives in the last four years. Obviously likes it around here. Playing well. He's a very confidence-driven player, is Casey. You know, when things are going right, the swagger comes out, the, the chest puffs out. You know, he loves it. He loves competition. For me, he's a shoe in for the, for the Ryder Cup. Um, yeah, three top fives in the last four years. Says it all for me. We know all about his game. We know, you know, he drives it very well. When he's putting his on, he's hot. And I think he's going to need that this week. But, yeah, the way he played well last week, his is scrambling was very good. So, yeah, three top fives last four years. Paul Casey, 18-1. to one. I thought it would be a little bit bigger than Bryson, to be fair. Um, but, you know, he, it is what it is. And I'll take that.
2: Yeah, just a, a market move, really. Bryson's clipped into 14s um, and Kepka's drifted out to 22s. Don't know what's going on there. But yeah, Casey's 18s, Bryson's 14s.
0: Well, you know why Kepka's drifting? It's because it's a non-major event. You know mm-hmm. what his opinions of non-major events are. But what's you need to look about Kepka. You need to look at what's going on in Connecticut. Are there any big celebrity fights going on that he needs to go to? Um, any, any
2: Michelob know. conventions?
0: Yeah. Is he going to a Michelob tasting um you know, <laughs> I don't know. You might as well <laughs> just drink water out the tap. Bloody horrible piss it is. Um Right, so give us your next one. Okay, so uh, kind of deliberated around a few here. And uh,
2: last week going into the US Open, I talked about, you know, kind of po- po- form, Pebble Beach, Riviera, Torrey Pines. And Patrick Reed was one of my plays last week. And I... I'm going to stick with Patrick Reed this week. It's it's a last minute substitution formed over the last uh, hour or two, and I, I just think at twenty two to one, he's. You know, he's too good to miss as an opportunity. And I, I think, you know, it's formed off the back of last week. He didn't have a bad tournament last week, actually. He, he, I think it was a tied 19th, I think, in the end. and
0: Yeah, finished with a great 67 final round.
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly did. So, you know, he is informed the guy. And at some point soon, he will win again. And I, I just think maybe this week could be the week. I think, you know, you've got some big players in there. He's playing well. It's uh, And I like Patrick Reed.
0: No, I'm with you, and like I said before, he's teeing off with um, Mr. Bryson, so Mm. we'll see how those two get on. What price is he?
2: Twenty-two to one.
0: Okay, nice one. Okay, Um, my third one is a guy that had a few problems at the U.S. Open. Was flying high, high in the trees. Mackenzie Hughes. Mm. You know what? He was was explain what happened to him last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a big shame. He was playing really, really well. He was coming off the back of five missed cuts, and then all of a sudden, this comes out there, you know. And he was tied third here last year, I believe. Am I right in saying that? I'm sure I am. He's
2: definitely up there.
0: Yeah, he was tied third. Yeah, he was tied third. He shot a he shot a 60 on the first round. Um, so obviously, suits his eye. He can score a lot of birdies. Um, for me, he was a, he's a good putter. We saw that at the Open, um, and I think I think even though it, what happened to him you know, could damage some players, I think you'll take enough out of that, knowing that he can really challenge with the best on the toughest courses, now coming to a course that he knows he's played well on in the past and shot low on in the past. I think confidence, course he likes, 125 to 1. I think it's massive.
2: It's a big price. My concern with him would be the head mess from last week. You know, he's banging contention. I don't think any bit maybe even himself didn't expect to go on and win with all of the big powerhouses that were there chasing him down. Um and yeah, obviously what happened happened, but you know, and you can't legislate for that. I do think he's big, 125 to 1 and why can't he carry the form on from last week, but there's got to be a bit of a concern.
0: Yeah, that's why I said, you know, it, I I think I would hope that the confidence the way he finished, you know, finished the whole tournament, not just played on Sunday. But the confidence coming from that should be enough. You know what I mean? He's playing with he's playing with ty Henry and Tyler McCumber, you know, so not it's not gonna be in the limelight. He can just get on with his day, his first round and, and cozy along. Into the tournament, and I think this Canadian is a, is a talent, and I think he's got a you know, he's got a tournament in him, and I think he's too big to to leave out for me. So that's my yeah. third one.
2: Very good, very good. Right, my next play is going to be Brendan Todd. Now, I've, I think I've played Todd a, a few times this year, um, Bloody in terms of what we do, not played with him, um, but at 90 <laughs> to one, he <laughs> is. I think a very good price. Let's look at what he did last year. He was bang up there last year in this tournament until a very poor 75 last round. He was back. I think he might have even been leading after round three. And, you know, that shows that he can play this course. Together with the fact, so he was tied 11th last year, poor 75 when everybody was shooting green um, last year. But he is ranked one driving accuracy and he's ranked two strokes, game, putting. Now, we talked about accuracy and putting as maybe a couple of our main stat lines into this tournament. And I can't avoid those two stats and those rankings. And at 90 to 1, I think Brendan Todd is probably bigger than what he should be for what he's done here. Um, the, the worry of course is what has he done throughout the rest of the year? And he, yes, he had splattering of form in 2021, but I think at 90 to one, it's, it's a very good price. And I'm on Brendan Todd.
0: Will he burn up today? He's playing alongside Sam Burns and sick note Jason Day in his mm. first two rounds. Interesting so to not... see Day back. Yeah, I don't know how long he'll be back for probably till night, but um, back, yeah. Well, his back. back, his back, his <laughs> knee. Whether well whether Disneyland have given him any special vouchers, I'm not sure. But um, we'll see. Yeah, it's a good three. But okay, Brendan Todd, nice price. Um yeah. My fourth one is a guy that qualified on Monday. Mm. He is very strong. Putting the stats on the European tour, he's played a lot on the European tour. He hasn't played that much over here, to be honest. But he, when he did play over here, he was tied eighteenth in the Memorial. So really good form on a tough course. Um, he also won a Dubai Desert Classic, which is always a good field. He strikes it really well, and like I said, he played really well on Monday to qualify. It's Lucas Herbert. Mm. Yeah, I do. You know what? He's is he Australian. He is, mate. He yeah, is. He's, he's Aus- yeah, Australian. 175 to one. I know it's a massive price and I do like my big prices, but he's obviously striking it well, qualified on Monday, shot a lot of birdies. Not as many as Scott Stallings Jr., who I think had nine birdies and not a single bogey on his round on Monday. So if you're looking for an extra big price player, striking it well, then Scott Stallings could be your man. Yep. Yeah, Qualified Monday, tied 18th Memorial, has won at the Dubai Desert Classic, knows how to win... And he's striking it well. Bit Good information. Thank you very much. Yeah, my last should... play. Can we go on okay. to my last play? <laughs> yeah, go can on. We? It's like shut up, Craig. Get on with it. Yeah. Can, go we, on.
2: can we please? I, yeah. I mean, you know, Luke, Lucas Herbert, one hundred and seventy-five to, to one. Yeah, definitely on it.
0: All right. No need, no need to go on about it. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan Bradley. Keegan oh, Bradley, fifty oh, yeah. to one.
2: Right. So tied second, two thousand nineteen. Tied eighth, two thousand seventeen. Ranked sixth. Strokes gained approaching the green. Um, I think Keegan Bradley is certainly someone who's played a lot of good golf this year. And, you know, when those crazy eyes come out and that putting stick starts arriving, I think Keegan Bradley's on the scene. And I think at 50 to 1, he's, he's a nice price for me.
0: You're not doing him um, first round leader.
2: No, not I'm sticking. I'm him. I'm veering away violently from first round leader this week. Not to, not playing it. Adding enough.
0: <laughs> he's, had, he's had enough? Hey, do you see? Um, I don't know what I haven't looked at his three ball to be honest with you. That's that's a good pick, and we like I like all our picks this week as I as I do always before they start finding bogeys. Um, the best three ball of the whole week on both tours is Brooks Koepka, Dustin Johnson, and Tony Finnell mm. playing two rounds together uh, tomorrow and Friday, starting on the first tee, 1 o'clock in American time. I think that's, what, 6 o'clock over here. So that will be a hell of a three ball. If those three get it going, then they could really pull each other along. Mm. But if they start taking each other on, and Tony Finnell fancies a, a game of basketball instead, um I, you know, it's a, it's a great tournament. I do like the Travellers, a lot of birdies. It's going to be good viewing. Um East Coast, we'll get to watch a lot of it. I'm looking forward to both tournaments this week, and it's a it's a great way to follow on from what was a great tournament last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. And remember, don't forget, I'm playing the Molly
2: Molly double each way, small each Oh way, Molly, Molly, Molly.
0: Molly. Yeah, well, I, I, that'll be an interesting one. Molly double. God, geez, have there ever been cross? Have there ever been, like... The double across brothers, the tours, brothers, relatives. On. Don't know. Ring in, ring in to a number we haven't got. Send us a postcard <laughs> to PO box. Who gives a fuck? And then we let us know, really. You Messages. Know, been, yeah, Messages. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I'm surprised my brother doesn't know since he's his mystic bloody beg. But hey, does that round up this week? That I think that does, rounds up brother. this week. Yeah, been okay, a good well, one. Been a good well, one. Well, let's look ahead. Ahead to the next week's quite exciting next week because I believe you may well be interviewing an up-and-coming young talent from the Wirral out of Wallasey Golf Club. Is that right? We are lining something up. We are. Yeah, we just got to make it happen. But- yeah, it's, it's a talent, 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 this lad. So hopefully we've got a nice interview with him. And then next week, we'll obviously be looking back at these two tours, the BMW International and the Travellers at TPC River Highlands. And then we'll look ahead at the tournaments next week. We have got a fantastic tournament at Mount Juliet Estate in Kilkenny. It's the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open where PGA Tour players, Shane Lowry, Rory McIlroy and others, actually come home and play a tournament in their home country. And we'll have the Rocket Mortgage Classic from Detroit on the PGA Tour. So... That rounds up episode 12 of Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. Guys, please subscribe and download, share, go to social media. Really drive our following because, you know, we enjoy doing what we're doing. We hope you enjoy what we're doing and what we bring to the world of golf as well and the topics we discuss. We've got a lot more we want to offer. Um, Yeah, so please just drive this following. And have you got anything else to say, Graham, to our loving public? No, bro, that's covered it all. You've done it superbly as ever. And, yeah,
2: looking forward to this week. And uh, we shall speak shortly. But have fun,
0: guys. Have fun. Bet sensibly. Only bet what you can afford to lose. And if our golfers that we pick don't win, please don't hunt us down like Liam Neeson in Taken. So from us, it's goodbye. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.